Welcome to Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I'm your host, Christina. If you follow my ministry, you know I am passionate about reviving and uniting the body of Christ in order to fulfill the Great Commission with extravagant love for one another and for a hurting world. I invite you today to join me for revelatory teaching, interviews with leaders in the body of Christ, and best of all, your testimonies of God's goodness in your lives. Thank you for joining the conversation to reveal more of Jesus to a hurting world today. Hey everybody, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I am your host, Christina, and I'm so excited I have another treat for you guys today. It is the continuation of my conversation with revivalist minister Ryan Bastris on confronting the giants of 2020. Let's listen in. And you're absolutely correct. Yeah. We get a prophetic word and we get all excited. We're like, you're going to go heal the sick in the nations. And we got, get all excited and then all hell breaks out yeah. against us. And we're like, what happened to my great prophetic word? And, you know, <laughs> sure. yeah. somehow, you know, that we heard it wrong or God's like, he's just off doing it with somebody else. Like, I don't I don't know where we're at. Right. You know, <laughs> Right. Yeah. Well, and that, and I think that happened for 2020. Yeah. Totally. It's part of the process, though. Yeah. 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 We went into 2020. I feel like I know I did. I went into 2020 like, man, I got these things going on and this prof- these prophetic declarations that I released and things God spoke to me and like, God, you're going to do this. Woohoo. And um, we got discouraged when the pandemic hit, and but we don't give up on what the mm-hmm. Lord spoke. You know what I mean? Um, it, again, it might not away went the way you wanted it to, but it's it's going the way it needed. Like I remember, whenever the Chiefs won the Super Bowl last year, they're like, "See, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl." They prophesied when the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, a great awakening's coming, revival's coming, and and then the pandemic, and we're like, "Well, man, maybe they missed it." No, they didn't. They didn't miss it. You know what I mean? Like, like, like. Like, like, I believe it, it, like this, this opposition, I believe is a great indicator and confirmation that this great awakening is happening. And I think there has been a wave of a, awakening. And I believe what happened last year is, is going to set the tone in a positive way, the awakening that's going to continue this year. You know what I mean? And so um, this pandemic, this issue exposed a lot, you know, it, it caused the church to pray for a focus, a, a, a vision for, for a great awakening. And so, so, so people might be like, give up on their word. Don't give up on your word just because there is opposition. See the opposition as a catalyst that will propel you into what was promised and know that if, if, if God in his grace prevents you from automatically stepping into something, it's not because he's being mean, it's he's preparing you for when you prosper so that you can handle external prosperity and you can handle it properly because you first took the time to prosper in your integrity, your holiness, your character. You know, mm-hmm. your revelation of him. Yeah. So, so, so I feel like we went into 2020, like, woo, all these prophetic promises and then the pandemic. But then you got to realize at the end of 2020, the steps, maybe we got closer to what was prophesied at the beginning. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm so with you on that. You know, I had, 
I had an amazing conversation with uh, Papa Roland Baker. Mm. You know, it was back when this pandemic first started. And that conversation really shifted how I looked at everything. You know, he started talking about how revival broke out in Mozambique. And what caused it to break out was actually a civil war. Yep. And, you know, I started to get excited because I'm like looking all around at the world and I'm like looking at what the enemy is doing and I'm just looking at all this stuff and I started to get excited. Yeah. It really yeah. shifted how I, I started looking at everything. Come on. You know, and by the way, I forgot about that whole Chiefs win in the Super Bowl until you just mentioned it. I was like, that seems like <laughs> a world ago. Like, I don't even know what that time right. is. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we are still on track to see the greatest revival we've ever we've ever seen. And, you know, I prophesied years ago, what the Lord was showing me was that this revival is going to start with mercy. And so I saw this wave coming and I saw it like curled into a fist and I saw like all Mm -hmm. five fingers and I watched this wave just punch religion in the face. And what I saw was this wave was made of people. And I saw, you know, mercy and healing and salvations and just flooding the streets of the world with the goodness of God, with the grace of God, with the mercy of God, with the new covenant of God. And this is what I saw. And I believe that the desperation, the pain, the heartbreak, the just all of it is going to set us up for tremendous amounts of mercy. And um, I'm still sticking to it. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Come on. Writing on that word right there, uh, this w- these waves of mercy, you know, flooding the streets, you know, I think of Sean Foyt and what Sean Foyt is doing right now on the streets. But isn't it crazy that the opposition of 2020, uh, the um, I, I believe the lockdowns, you know, that forced the church out of the building and one man, as well as others, decided, you know what, we're not going to allow this to quench our worship or stop our worship. We'll just take it to the streets. So you had a prophetic word years ago about these waves of mercy and this supernatural move of God taking place on the streets. Do you see how this pandemic in 2020 was a catalyst to push us into the streets for the waves of mercy, for the waves of mercy to flow through the church, come on somebody, uh, yeah. in the sh- uh, and on the street, you know, and again, it might not have happened the way we wanted it, but all things work together for the good, for those right. who are in Christ. And so God, you'd, God didn't create this crisis, but he's definitely utilizing it. And he's getting us out of the church and onto the streets so that that prophetic word he gave you can come to pass. The waves of mercy can flow through the church who is on the streets Absolutely. to those who are on the streets, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So let me just encourage anyone that will be listening to this, that sure, there's times where you'll get a prophetic word and, um, you know, and then opposition comes, but that opposition is a great indicator. You're on the right path. But also let me encourage you with this. Every place of opposition is just a platform to see a miraculous demonstration of God. Uh, and then let me also encourage you with this, that the prophetic word, uh, we were talking about this before, but war with that word, use that word like a sword and 
fight in the midst of opposition. David had a word that he was going to become king. So he knew he wasn't going to die when he was in front of Goliath. Goliath was just standing in his way. And one way or another, he had to fall and get out of the way because David needed to go on and become king. David knew he wasn't going to die that day because Goliath was in, you know, Goliath was there, but David knew he wasn't going to die that day because he wasn't king yet. And Mm. so, so we need to understand, man, we're not going to die with these prophetic words, not fulfilled. Keep pursuing those prophetic words, but more importantly, pursue the one who spoke those words over you and know this, that those prophetic words uh, may speak of a prosperous pasture, but there is going to be Goliaths that try to get in the way But can I tell you something? Those Goliaths are just like doorways. Whenever David defeated Goliath, he added to his resume, he got a wife, and he got finances. Come on, somebody. Amen. King. No one wanted a king without a wife. You know what I mean? And 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 no one wanted a, a weak, timid king. So the thing that was standing in his way actually added to what God had prophesied before that thing mm. got in the way. And God used that thing to actually be a door to get him to become king. And and let me encourage you guys with this. And, and man, I'm getting excited. But let me encourage you guys with this, that the prophetic word will point to a prosperous pasture. But can I tell you something? Some A lot of times, and this is kind of what we're talking about, um, is, is process. A lot of times those prosperous pastures that are described through the prophetic word lie at the end of a, ru- uh, mm-hmm. a rugged path. And, and, and we've got to go through the process. We've got to go through the rugged path called process so that God can prosper our character and our integrity and prosper us inwardly with the righteous things so that we are um, dressed for success before he promotes us into that prosperous thing. And I really believe that a lot of times we go through a process and it's not what we want, but it's what we need. But if we embrace what we need and if we embrace the pain of process, I promise you when we embrace what we need, it will usher us into what we want. So good, Ryan. And, 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 and that's what we're talking even with 2020, it might not have went the way we wanted it to, but look how it was needed. Like what, and what came about, what God spoke, how God directed the church and is still directing the church. It's not over, but look how he's directing us into what we need, not just ushering us into what we want right away. And I said this, and I got to say it this way, God in his grace will prevent what his power could easily do and quickly do. But the reason his grace prevents some things from happening right away is because he loves us and he doesn't want us to be pre, uh, uh, he doesn't want us to be promoted prematurely. An untrained hand is a destructive one. So God will train our hand. That's why his grace will prevent some things so we can have the time for our hands to be trained so that. Because watch, an untrained hand is a destructive one. So God wants to train our hands so that when we're promoted, come on, we can steward the prosperity properly and not poorly. And, and so, so we don't like that, but some, we have to go through those times of waiting, those times of process so that we can successfully run and soar. So good. Yeah. I, I completely yeah. agree with you. And a lot, and a lot of times that process is so painful and you're right. We like to run and we like to try to get out of it early. And, you know, when we see people promoted, we don't always see the pain. 
We don't see the process. We don't see the price that they've paid. And there's some things that you get, you know, by the grace of God. I always tell people, I I only have what I have or know what I know is purely by the grace, the unmerited favor of God. But then there's been times where what I've been given from God has been tested and it has been yes. it has been put through the fiery furnace of my life and becoming real and i like to call it like baking bread it's like baking bread within yeah. that will then become food to a multitude and it it becomes tangible yeah. and you can taste the anointing on it because it's been lived it's been fought it's been Come on. it's been a battle that's been won in private, just like all of those battles that David fought with the lion and the bear in private that then set him up yes. for a very public battle. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And 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 honestly, then we stir we we raise up like David did, mighty men and women who will go and and, and not coward and run from their Goliaths that they'll run to. And 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 we our stories will actually raise up mighty men and women who will take care of Goliath's brothers metaphorically. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Uh and and you know they Goliath's brothers existed because people resisted. Yeah. Oh, you know, Goliath exists. Goliath existed because so many people resisted. But there was a man who actually there's a man who actually believed in God and his righteousness in God. And he knew there was something behind Goliath that he was called to inherit. He had confidence in his righteousness before God, and he had confidence of his God. And what is amazing is he went and confronted what was standing in his way. And I just want to encourage you, you know, Solemn says this. It says, Solemn's 3729 says, the righteous shall inherit the land and dwell there." in forever. So we need to have confidence in our righteousness and we're righteous through Christ. Come on. And we need to understand that there might be some things standing in the way and behind what is is standing in our way is what we're called to inherit. Instead of cowarding and surrendering to what's in our way, we confront it with vigor, with passion like David. And we have confidence in our righteousness and confidence in our God and, and, and confidence in his love and love will never fail. And he's promised us terrain and territory that lies behind the giant that we're facing. And, and, and we've refused to back down out of intimidation. We, we, we refuse to back down from what God has prophesied and promised. Just because there's a Goliath doesn't mean we back down. We need to rise up and say, you know what, Goliath, you will not exist because I refuse to resist you. I'm going to confront you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you have territory that's behind you. That's mine. And I know I'll inherit it. I already have inherited it. You're just in the way you're messing mm-hmm. it up. That's mine because I am the righteousness of God. Come on. Amen. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That healing is mine. That restoration is mine. That prophetic word of prosperity is mine. And I refuse to run away and give up on my word. I'm going to take the sword and cut your head off. Amen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. Now you're talking my language. I love yeah. that so much. You know, I may be a female, but I am a warrior at heart. And I just want to give yes. quick permission out there to every female listening. You can be beautiful and gentle and absolutely take some heads off. You have permission. Hey, please. You know, say that. <laughs> and <laughs> I actually got upset the other day. I was looking for a new coffee mug on Amazon 
And I was a little irritated because all of these uh, mugs said they were for men. And it was like, be strong and courageous because the Lord your God is me. I'm like, wait a minute. I want one like that too. Like, wait a minute. Hey, come on. Absolutely. You take it. And, and, And that's the thing. Like, here's the thing. I believe there is things that have been brought up. Okay, like uh, about, you know, women and women's rights and, and, and things like that. There's been things that have been highlighted that the enemy has perverted. But I really believe that the church cannot and should not turn a deaf ear mm-hmm. and mute their voice. And what you know, and what I mean by that is, you know, I believe that we can swing the pendulum too far when it comes to uh, uh, certain things. But there is women that are being outspoken, maybe in a wrong way way, but the topic somewhat is right. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, not how it's been perverted, but I believe there's things that have been brought up that the church cannot and should not and better not turn a deaf ear to and mute their voice. We need to rise up and speak up about those things. We need women to be acknowledged. Women are on the rise. And I really believe that the enemy tries to prevent, tries to, wow, come on, tries to oppress, okay, us into a place of silence. So women need to speak up in a positive, holy way. And I am so glad that you did that. And, and, and it's almost like there was a shift when you started talking about that to the women, the listeners that, that are women, that, that we still like, man, we can't, because of the way the enemy's perverted it, us as a church can't ignore it. Mm-hmm. If anything, because the way the enemy has perverted it, uh, it, you know, especially like talks about equality and 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 hey, women, me too, you know what I mean, type of stuff. Like, yeah, there's a lot of perversion wrapped up in these types of things. But man, there's also some things that the church needs to rise up and address to bring purity to, if that makes sense, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And, and righteously, and 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 in because I believe that God is bringing up things that the enemy's now perverting and the church is steering away from, and they don't think it's God because of the enemy's perversion. But I do believe there is things that have been oppressed to a place of silence, women being one of them, that God is actually, I think, trying to bring that up to the church, not to ignore, but to address and to speak up against in a very pure and righteous way. The enemy's doing it in a very perverted, unhealthy way, it's leaving a bad taste in the church's mouth. And we're like, oh, we're just going to let that alone. When I really believe God is like, no, we need to address that. And we need to do it with righteousness and purity. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. and, and we can't afford to have any member of the body of Christ silent at this moment. We absolutely cannot yeah. afford it. And, you know, I, I was called at a very young age to preach. I was seven years old when I was saved and I was sitting on a Baptist pew. I had no idea that I had such a prophetic relationship with God, but my Sunday school teachers told me to talk to God. And I thought, okay, well, cool. I'll talk to him. And he talked back, right? (laughs) Cause I was seven, you know, the faith of a child. And, uh, you know, and I heard him very, very clearly call me. And, and what I said to him was, I can't do that. I'm a woman. Wow. And he shut his mouth. I will never forget it. It was like, he closed his lips and they were like, pursed together. You know what I mean? Like shut tightly together. Like he wasn't going to say another word about it. And I truly, to this day, I don't know where I got that from. It was just something that was being taught. It was something in the air, you know, and, um, but it took a prophetic minister, um, years later. So I was at a meeting or whatever, 
And this guy comes up to me and he's like ministering to everybody and everything. And he looks at me Wow! and the power of God on his statement, what he says to me was so powerful. Like I tremble, like even now, just thinking about it, he looked at me and he goes, who told you, you can't speak. Come on. And at, at that moment, I felt like a rock was just ripped away from me and like a lie that I had been clinging to was just exposed. It was like, you ever like, you ever like pick up a rock and you see like these worms underneath of it. It was like that. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And that, that prophetic word, you know, it just, it, there was such power on it. It cut through, Yeah, you know, but it didn't happen right away. I didn't start finding my voice right away. There was a process that I went through. I was just going to say that that was you, you were taking down your Goliath, you know what I mean? Because there was territory, there was terrain behind him that had your name on it. You know what I mean? And the enemy sowed his lies and tried to oppress you away from your purpose and your promise. But man, God just used one person to steer you back into the right direction. And then you went through that process of taking down your Goliath to inherit your purpose. Come on. Absolutely. And it was a process. You know, the Lord had to show me things out of scripture. He had to show me things that were taken out of context. He had to show me things that were supposed to be in a cultural context. So it was a process and, but it didn't happen right away. And there was a stewarding. And let me tell you, when I got that word, It was like all hell broke loose around me in my life. (laughs) And I could have given up. I could have stopped. I could have shut up. Or I could have agreed with God. And I chose to agree with God. so good. That is so good. I'm glad you did, you know. Um, And because the enemy will always try to oppress who and what is significant into a place of silence and away from their purpose. And and, and he tries to oppress us away from God's target, away, away from God's desire. But we need to stick in like you did, stick in like David did, stick in like I have on several accounts and say, you know what? I'm not backing down. You're not going to you're not going to cause me to fall to my knees and and and, and I'm not going to bow to you, Bell. I'm not going to bow to you, Jezebel. I'm not going to bow to you, uh, you know, whatever. You know, I'm not going to bow to you, devil. You know what I mean? And I really believe this is that season that God is really going to convict the church. Uh, to where he's going to get them up from their knees to and to their feet. And I really believe that, like, you know, we may have bowed to Bell, and I'll just use Bell as an example of whatever, but we may have bowed to Bell out of intimidation, out of oppression, but I really believe God's going to inspire and convict us. And I pray, God, that you do that to every listener who may have bowed to oppression and fear and intimidation. And I thank you, God, that you are just sweeping upon their hearts and minds and convicting them to get up from their knees the knees that bowed to the bell and may they rise up to their feet and confront the very thing that they may have bowed to. And I pray God that the line of the tribe of Judah would stir in them in the areas where they've been timid, where they've been feeling weak and insignificant. I pray for the line of the tribe of Judah, for the spirit of the line of the tribe of Judah to stir in those areas. And I pray that they'll become courageous, that they'll become secure and they'll become confident and they'll become in those areas areas that they were timid in Jesus name. Come on. Come on. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you, Ryan. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. This has been just the funnest conversation. And the Lord took this in a completely different direction than I thought he was. <laughs> Come on. But um, so good. So, so, so good. good. Amen. Um, so if you want to find out more information about my fiery prophetic friend, Ryan Bastris, <laughs> you can check him out at Wake Ministries. Is it wake wakemen.org? .org. Yeah, W-A-K-E-M-I-N.org. Absolutely. He travels itinerantly, so he may be coming to a city near you, so check him out. And uh, thank you so much, Ryan. I am so grateful. Oh, thank you so much. And I, I'm just, I'm so grateful. I, I know that this has encouraged so many people. Amen. It's encouraged me. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. If you liked today's episode, be sure to subscribe, share it with your friends. If you want more information on our ministry and how you can partner with us, please visit us at ChristinaPereira.org. We've got information on there about our events, blog posts, the extravagant love store, and more. And don't forget to follow us on social media, Facebook and Instagram at Christina Pereira Ministries. Until then, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless you.